Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to the Independent's Coronavirus Podcast. I'm David Marley, Deputy Editor at The Independent. This podcast is about getting behind the headlines, examining the issues that are affecting our lives as we try to come to terms with these extraordinary times. It also gives us a chance to find out more about the wider impact of the virus and how the rest of the world is coping. Today, I'm joined by the Independence Moscow correspondent, Oliver Carroll, who has been reporting from Russia for more than 10 years. After the Kremlin initially claimed Russia had not been affected by the pandemic, the situation has now become much more serious. Figures show the country has the second highest level of confirmed cases in the world, behind only America. But many suspect the scale of the crisis is still being drastically underreported. Officials still insist there have been only 2,000 deaths, despite the infection rate. And, as Oli unfortunately has personal experience of, there are also questions over the quality of testing and treatment. Oli, welcome to the podcast. Delighted you can join us. Uh, We'll talk more about your own experience in a bit. But can I first just check how you're doing now and whether you are fully recovered? Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, after a month of various stages of grim, um, I'm I'm pretty much recovered. I have to say it's been a um, it's been a quite a, been a difficult task to get rid of um, this virus, but um, uh, I'm I'm there. And uh, at least last week, I had confirmation that indeed all my troubles were were down to this pesky thing um, with a, an antibody test, which eventually was positive. So after many many uh, failed attempts at finding out what it was number of really strange symptoms uh, were kind of there and I'm um, you know hopefully fingers fingers crossed uh, recovered. Well it's, it's great to hear you uh, sounding so much better. Um, can you give us a bit of an overview to begin with uh, about how the, the situation is in Russia right now? I believe the lock, some of the lockdown measures have started to be lifted but there's obviously lots of questions around the scale of the virus and how, how widespread it now is. Yeah, it's a it's a very strange situation. I mean, it's it, I, I'd almost say it's schizophrenic and sort of part of this, at least the official uh, the, the position on it is 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 a, is a picture of make believe. So on the one hand, Putin saying uh, we're ending these 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 non-working days, everyone gets back to work. On the other, you know, Moscow is still talking about extending the the lockdown until June. Um, it's a kind of it's a real sort of strange post-modern world of masks where basically Putin is in, a, in an alternative reality and he's basically saying what he thinks is desirable. And it kind of reminds you of, you know, it was the, 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 the famous paradoxes of the Soviet Union. Uh, where they go, nothing in the shops, but fridges are full, fridges are full. 
everyone is unsatisfied, everyone is unsatisfied, but everyone votes unanimously. So here we have a sort of, it's a national emergency, but let's call it a holiday. It's a holiday, everyone has to work, and besides, the business can pay. The quarantine is over, but you have to stay at home. Everyone is unsatisfied, but they vote unanimously. So it's, really, it's a really strange situation. Uh, it's never really been a proper quarantine because essentially they haven't, they've decided they can't afford it. They, they're not in a position to pay for it. They're saving money for something else. But as you say, the, the, the R number is, is, is certainly in many parts of the country above one. There are some reports that it's coming below one in Moscow, the, the epicenter of the crisis. But to say it seems premature to lift some of these, these regulations, and it does seem that certainly some regional officials aren't very happy with it, um, is, is, is to say nothing at all. So at the moment, this kind of move away from this really strange legal position in which wasn't really clear if it was, if it was a, a state of emergency or not, um, it seems a, a bit of a punt um, to, be, to be moving to a new situation. And it, it doesn't seem to have been, been, been uh, uh, conditioned by the, 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 the facts on the ground, the health, um, the numbers, you know, we're still, we're still growing, we're still not past the, the, the peak of the curve. This seems to be more a punt that basically we have to get Russia back to work and maybe the summer will help, maybe it won't. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a strange situation. On the other hand, I mean, I went, I went outside um, yesterday. Um, there's this very, again, you know, the, the officials have approached this strangely. The Muscovites are approaching this strangely. They're, according to regulations, you're only allowed out if you're walking your dog uh, near to into your home if you you basically need essential medical care or you're going to a chemist or um, a shop um, well basically muscovites have started to to, 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 to to play around with those rules and you'll see you're seeing a, a lot more people out on the streets many more cars out on the streets um, so they're kind of responding to to that unclear legal situation in their own way so I mean I'm not particularly um, confident that this is over for, for Russia, but we'll, we'll see. And during the kind of earlier period of the last few years, were people a bit more kind of compliant with those rules and regulations? Were the police out in force? Was it kind of, was it feeling quite strict in lockdown? Um, yeah, I mean, for, for, for a, lot, a large part of that lockdown, I was either in hospital or, or, or at home um, under strict quarantine. Um, but absolutely, for, um, for, a large, for a large proportion, I mean, it's Russians, Russians have been um, under, Muscovites at least, have been under strict stay-at-home instructions since the end of March. And for Russian, Russians to respond to being told what to do, it's this strange sort of, again, it's the paradox. Russians are living in, 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 um, in the least free, you know, one of the least free countries in the world, but they're, in their essence, they're very free. I mean, you tell a Russian what to do, he'll, he'll tell you where to go. Um, but actually, they have been more or less um, very, very um, 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 compliant. I mean, of course, when you have policemen on the streets um, asking you what your business is and so on, um, that, that, that tends to focus minds. Um, but I do, I do sense that's now changing. And, the, you know, if we think that, you know, the kind of messaging that, we, we, that in, we, we've seen in Britain from Boris Johnson was vague, well, I mean, Putin is, 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 is showing a different... different uh, <laughs> it's entirely different league on that front. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's certainly, we're, we're, we're just 
points of inflection and uh, we'll see how it goes, of course. So, so tell us a bit more about um, the role that Putin's been playing. Has he been, he, has he been very public or has he been, been kind of hiding himself away? Um, well, I think very much the latter. Um, we've seen before that Putin hasn't been particularly good in crises. Um, he's kind of disappeared. Um, uh, you know, we saw it with, you know, Beslan. Uh, we've seen it in multiple crises, in fact, with, with the Korsk. I mean, he took a, an age to sort of go up to, to meet the families. Um, and he, he doesn't seem to be very good in these public situations. Um, and um, what, 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 what essentially what he's done is, is delegate to um, his re regional leaders. He's playing the, you know, the, good, the good cop, whereas the regional leaders are playing the bad cop. I mean, on the one hand, delegation makes entire sense. Russia is... 11 time zones and uh, of course what 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 is what is makes sense in moscow doesn't make sense in Chukotka, of course not um, but russian federalism is never really federal um, and so much does look up this 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 so-called power vertical and in terms of the regional response this lack of you know this this sort of you know disappearance of putin at the time of you know great crisis is causing a lot of problems because on the one hand um you know these regional leaders do not want to mess up uh so you know they they are obviously the their health systems are in a much worse state than moscow moscow is fairly well provided for they have the ability to pay for you know treatment regimes and and and, and fairly good intensive care provision and so on in the regions that's not the case so you have this kind of pincer. On the one hand, you have really bad healthcare. On the other hand, these 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 you know mid-level managers, mid-level bureaucrats are absolutely petrified of losing their their place in in the pecking order. And this is where we have a lot of sort of question marks over the statistics. Um, I mean, if you look at some of the regional um, press in, say, for example, Dagestan um, or um, parts of Siberia, you'll see that you'll see that actually the, the, there are certainly a lot of reports of, of, of um, basically you know, people being in hospitals three, 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 three decks up, sort of these sort of makeshift um, intensive care wards. I mean, sort of horrific stuff. And there's a, there's a real death of, um, of um, PPE. Many parts of over 80% of medical staff in the regions are complaining about a, a lack of, of PPE. Um, and so all of this together, it's, it's creating a, um, quite a, an explosive cocktail. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th I, think, I think in Moscow, as I say, I think in Moscow, this is the, I mean, this, this is the thing. I mean, we're, we're looking at some of the figures. Um, in, when, when I was in, in hospital, I mean, even the doctors were telling me that the, the tests were you know, consistently underreporting. If they were 20% accurate, that was probably a good figure. Um, some of them were saying it was maybe 10% accurate. So the, the figures we have of uh, 250,000 you know, times that by 10, you might have a, an idea of where we are. Um, against that, we have the reports of, you know, it's about two and a half thousand uh, deaths at the moment. Um, I mean, clearly that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I think in Moscow, there are some moves towards transparency and the Moscow mayor against sort of Putin's sort of everything is okay has sort of come out in this crisis as a as, as a really good you know as a really impressive crisis manager who's actually started to to, to you know to say oh we might not be past we're not past the the, the curve actually we, we probably have many more 
infections than our official statistics. Um, and so, you know, the, 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 that's one case in, in, in Moscow. But again, I have to just emphasize that Moscow, um, even, even with these sort of, you know, obviously uh, re reduced numbers, which they're reporting, probably is doing quite well. Um, but the problem is we just don't have enough confidence in the figures, even in Moscow, but in, in Russia, it's, it's a sort of uh, Pandora's box. We don't know. It seems to be that the, the um, confirmed cases, even, even if they're being massively underestimated, have grown hugely over the past kind of week or so, where you've had you know, 10,000 tests served or 10,000 new confirmed cases a day mm -hmm. going up and up and up quite, quite rapidly. But obviously what you're suggesting there is that if those tests are, are that kind of unreliable, maybe only 10 or 20% accurate, the real numbers could be, dis there's a kind of huge explosion in cases going on right now. There are so many variables. Um, on the one hand, Russia is testing people. I mean, to a great, you know, um, compare, you know, great, great uh, contrast to, to the United Kingdom. Um, and again, as I say, I mean, I think in there, certainly in Moscow's response, there's actually a success story. Uh, we, but I, as I said, I just can't be too confident about it. I mean, even if it is an underreporting of maybe even 300% of the deaths, I mean, that's still in Moscow, that's 3,000 I and mean, 4,000. I mean, compare, compare that to Britain. I mean, it, it's, it's still a good story. And there are, you know, there are things which, which hold the UK back. Um, and I think just in terms of the whole structure of medicine. Um, in Russia, you have a sort of system of, you know, doctors, polyclinics, and then hospitals and all these different sort of infectious hospitals around. It's a whole network of them from the Soviet Union. Um, in Britain, of course, all we have is the GP and then the next step up is, 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 is the hospital. Well, coronavirus has really exposed that sort of gap. I mean, if you're not basically on death's door, you're not going to be seen. And what, what I seem, I mean, I'm no medical expert, expert myself, but what doctors have been telling me in Russia is that you know, what part of the problem in Britain is that people are being seen far too late. And I don't get the impression that that's the case in Russia. People are being seen early. They're a little bit more gung-ho on sort of drugs which they're using. They're using, you know, hydroxychloroquine. They're using um, Caletra. They're using a number of different drugs. And they're basically applying everything, throwing things at anybody and seeing what works. They're using plasma and all that kind of stuff. I mean, ultimately, I think they're probably in a better position than, than, than the UK. But there's a number of factors as well which might be contributing to this. It might be that genes play an effect. It might be the actual strain of the virus in Russia is playing an effect. Um, and it might just be some of the some of the interventions they're making aren't, aren't so bad. Um, we'll, obviously, we'll be able to see, not now, but in a year when we see the entire excess death figures for the entire year, then we'll have a, a better idea. Yeah, I mean, you you obviously you say the death death toll is now roughly two and a half thousand. Even mm -hmm. if things are going well, that seems kind of remarkably. Um, low compared to other countries so is yeah. there is there is there much skepticism amongst um amongst people there are they are they voicing concern about those numbers well there's there's, there's huge sensitivity among um leaders and, and representatives of, of the ruling class about these numbers um we just saw today the even maria zakarova who's the um the spokesman for the foreign off, uh, foreign ministry was attacking several newspapers several western newspapers for reporting um the under the underreporting of figures. I mean, even Moscow. Um, what what my doctors told me was that um, there was no Russian miracle. Uh, maybe the Russian death count was lower than elsewhere, but there were um, 
three things which were probably helping it. First of all was the, um, the fact that young people were getting ill a lot more frequently. And they were the main category of people who were, who were getting, getting ill and obviously they had better outcomes. The second um, is that deaths, which, uh, well, the second is, 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 is basically that not all coronavirus cases were being picked up. And so if you're not diagnosed with something, you can't die from something. Um, and the third is that if someone was, for example, had a heart attack while they, were, they had from the shock of being with coronavirus, um, that would not be counted as coronavirus. So this has actually been confirmed in the last couple of days by Moscow officials um, saying that actually 60% of deaths for people with coronavirus are diagnosed with coronavirus weren't being registered. Um, so, so, so there you have an, an idea of the sort of range you might have. But again, you know, we'll only really know, as I say, with, with the excess deaths. The excess deaths from, from April are about um, uh, 20% above what they should be. But there is a sort of theory that um, coronavirus may have displaced other respiratory illnesses at the same time. So in fact, the figure might be even greater. Mm. So in the, in the year's perspective, we'll be able to see. Um, uh, but, but certainly there's a, there's a lot of skepticism, of course, um, but especially from the regions. Because people know, you know quite, quite, quite the, the situation, the, 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 the level of healthcare. When, when people are being asked to, to treat coronavirus patients without any PPE, not just you know, having to change it once, or three, once every two or three days, but without any PPE. Um, and and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of examples of this. Um, so so it's, all, I mean, it's always the case that Moscow has the, the most, the most um, resources and they've been able to throw an awful lot at, at this. I mean, they're, they're, they're sending, you know, Kaletra, which is a sort of anti-HIV medicine, um, home to anybody who's basically um, uh, being treating themselves at home, and this, you know, things things like that, which you which you obviously don't get in the regions. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box, and if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, I was interested, Ollie, what you were saying about um, Putin being um, relatively uh, quiet, especially with uh, Moscow's mayor, you mentioned being quite vocal and taking a role. How surprised are you about that? You mentioned he's, he's been kind of relatively reticent in other, in other kind of uh, crises, but it seems surprising his, his public image, certainly abroad, is of this incredibly kind of strongman leader. Um, you would think, or you would think from here, that he would want to be front and centre, kind of uh, taking control of the message. It, it's, um, it, it certainly, it, it wouldn't say it surprised me because we have had examples of this before, but, but, but um, he... It, it's it's almost this is an irritation to him. This is it's come at a really bad time for him. He wanted to have his constitutional vote, which would have you know, given him the, the ability to stay in power for life. Um, he had a whole range of of of, of you know sort of projects, and so he wanted to sort of go down history as you know, another great builder of, of of Russia, as you know Stalin or Peter the Great, or you know these big big infrastructure projects, which you know he sort of gearing all his ministers up to do. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's just come up short, he's come so, so short of answers at the moment. I mean, the economy is in, um, you know, a really perilous state, um, uh, certainly for the small and me medium sized uh, in businesses. They've essentially been ignored throughout this. Um, only, only a couple of few days ago, it was Monday, wasn't it? Putin actually began to talk about subsidies. I mean, we've got none of this, um, you know, furloughing schemes, no, um, you know, very limited loans. I mean, they're, they're, they're so limited that they're, they're, they're almost uh, um, uh, laughable. He's providing a bit of money for kids, but these are really small, small handouts. And the basic blunt message is, um, uh, we've got money, but we're going to save it for a different purpose. And that purpose, I think, are these sort of national projects, these big sort of breakthrough projects um, Putin today was talking about uh, um, uh, ge genetic industries and so on. I mean, he 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 likes to think in terms of you know using using a crisis to break through. And unfortunately, with unemployment where it is, um, it's already 1.5 million. Uh, and again, we should emphasise that unemployment in in Russia is not the same as unemployment in the UK. You don't get housing benefit. You don't get any kind of li living wage; it's destitution. Um, and with with the way things are going, with you know, small businesses basically being left to their own devices, that's just going to get worse. Um, so it's, it's a, it, it, as a, I mean, as, as 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 I wrote in one of my pieces, the the main um, the main fear for Russians is less, you know, these these sort of um, uh, medics in haz white hazmat suits. It's the fear of not being able to you know, put, put food on plates. And I think this is why we, we, we've got this really strange uh, order to kind of return to work, which isn't driven by any of the real data or health concerns, but it's this fear of disaster and destitution and the decision to prioritize other things which are more important to Putin. But I mean, it, it hasn't been a good crisis for Putin at all. Does it hold any kind of longer term risks for him in terms of uh, his public standing and kind of how, how he goes, what goes on from here? Um, well, I think he's going to have a lot less to work with going forward. Um, but then again, I'd also say you'd be a fool to write Putin off. Um, 
he has built a huge system of checks and balances and trapdoors and all kinds of things if things go pear shaped. It's, it, it's a very, you know, th there's very little that can go wrong uh, in terms of messaging, in terms of um, uh, order, and uh, the, the way that sort of protest protests have been basically essentially banned. Um, but I think it's also fair to say that never before has his sort of democratic legitimate hand being weaker and he's going to have problems with that because you know a lot of you know his his i mean his whole um, appeal in russia has been based on this idea of you know you know being beyond democracy because of some kind of claim to legitimacy i think that's going to be really uh, undermined going forward um but as i say so few of the the outlets of, of a repressive state have been turned on um i would be very reticent before sort of expecting some kind of um, uh, revolution or, or upsurging or, or so, you know, whatever form that might be. Um, th there's a lot of capacity for uh, suffering and uh, you know going through awful times in Russia before it comes to that. But as as as, as the Russian saying goes, when when the uh, uprising comes, it's frightening and uh, remorseless when it comes and um you know we'll we'll see but it, but he, he certainly weakened his grip on power there's no question about that interesting fascinating so tell us a bit more about your own experience with it you were you were actually back in the uk and just before it really kind of got serious and then you then you were back over to moscow and became ill quite quite soon after i think yeah it's it, it not haven't quite worked out the timing of it all um uh, the as uh, my antibody test would suggest um, that I was infected in the last within the last month, um, and I I have you know I've, I've been fairly um, uh, homebound for most of that last month. So I, I I assumed that I was infected either in a sort of uh, in a lift or or by a sort of a courier delivery or whatever. Which actually my my doctors were saying is more frequent than people um, imagined. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was feeling very sort of, I felt very weak and got uh, weaker and then I started coughing up blood and then I realized I had to go and see medical help. So, um, sort of, you know, put on a face mask and went to the, the hospital. Um, and at this point, you know, I, I had no idea what it was. Um, but I could see from the, the, the facial expressions of the doctors that you know, things might be, uh, uh, going pear-shaped um but you know how it is when you when you go ill you kind of lose lose a slight sort of um you go into a different world you you, you lose connection with reality and then here i was and within sort of an hour i was faced with the this sort of um the entrance to the ward the the, the glass doors and behind the sort of um uh, flashing buttons of medical equipment and these 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 cosmonauts in white has, hazmat suits and that was the that was the moment i realized i was being admitted to a covid ward um, so that it was, was despite not having a positive test at that point, because as well, you said, if you're if the test is not great. Well, well, exactly. But at the same time, you know, what, what, what do these guys do knowing that these tests aren't very accurate? Um, I mean, even in the UK, the, the tests aren't, aren't great. Uh, it's part of, part of the way you do the, 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 the uh, viral, um, the nu nucleic acid tests. You, you take the sample either from the nose or from, from the throat. And often the virus is already doing damage elsewhere. So you have a problem with samples. In the Russian case, there also seems to be a problem with the test kits. So, I mean, I kind of understood that, um, I mean, 
I, I, I had a number of very strange symptoms. Um, uh, not all of which were classic COVID. I and mean, I didn't have um, the, the, there wasn't the, the, the usual um, uh, coughing, high temperature and so on. Um, my the problems with, 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 with me seem to be more connected with uh, bacteria sort of taking advantage of the, the general weakness. So I had pleurisy and all these kind of nasty things. Um, so, I mean, I kind of understand. I mean, if you don't, if you don't know that someone isn't COVID negative, you don't really want to be putting them in with, with other people. Um, so it's, it swings and roundabouts, of course. You do, you do obviously put the person you're putting into a COVID ward at, at, at a special risk. But, you know, these, 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 these aren't perfect times and you have to do what you, you can, I suppose. And you were there for you. Were, you were in for a few nights, right? Yeah, I was there for three days. Um, I mean, I was obviously very keen to get out because of the the possibility that I wasn't um, uh, COVIDed up. Um, and yeah, they were they were very very strange very strange days. I mean, the first the first night was was a little bit delirious. Um, and uh, this, uh, already by the end, I was, was getting used to things managing to speak to these these strange Mr. Blobbies I was coming in to see me every day um chatting to them but I, I really did want to get home <laughs> and coming home was was a mighty relief good well we're very glad you are home and and sounding so well um uh, Ollie thanks so much for um finding the time to talk to us today it's absolutely fascinating to hear about what's happening in Russia and hopefully you'll come back on uh, in a few weeks or a couple of months or whenever in the future and tell us uh, tell us some more about how things have progressed there sure it's been my pleasure uh, and thank you to everyone for listening uh, if you're a new listener please subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify acast or wherever you listen uh, if you have suggestions for things you'd like us to discuss uh, or correspondence you'd like us to talk to please do get in touch on email at the coronavirus podcast at independent.co.uk or you can use the hashtag indie coronavirus podcast that's I-N-D-Y, Indie Coronavirus Podcast, uh, and we'll see your post. Uh, obviously, you can read all about uh, the unfolding pandemic on our website, independent.co.uk, and in our downloadable daily edition app. There's also an email newsletter you can sign up to if you want the latest news and advice delivered daily. Thank you so much again for listening, and please join us again next time. 